one of uh, our favorite themes, or I probably should say one of the most requested themes is uh, mindfulness of emotions. Uh, we're all interested in our emotions, uh, largely because uh, our relationship to them can uh, bring about a lot of suffering if it's not skillful. So we want to learn how to uh, have a skillful relationship to emotions which are part of life. Uh, a skillful relationship uh, uh, is a way of being able to uh, you know, be with the experience of emotions and also to understand them. Uh, so, we've talked a lot in this group of the more than two years that this group has been meeting uh, about a very simple practice for working with emotions, for being mindful of emotions, of simply bringing awareness to, to emotions when they arise. Uh, and uh, about two years ago, I coined uh, the acronym ABC, Awareness, Breath, Compassion. So the practice being a very simple one, as is uh, suggested by the, the acronym, uh, this simple practice of just bringing awareness to an emotion. Uh, it's very simple in that we, uh, we bring our awareness to the emotion uh, as it arises in the body as a felt experience for a few moments, for a few moments, uh, a few seconds. We may want to label the emotion, oh, there's anger, there's dissatisfaction, there's worry, there's sadness, etc. And then to the breath. Uh, we've talked about this quite a bit recently, uh, you know, what it means to be with an emotion in a skillful way uh, in terms of the parameter uh, that helps us understand what skillful is in terms of being with. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're talking a couple of seconds, a couple of seconds. Being with an emotion in a skillful way doesn't mean dwelling in the emotion. I'm going to be with it for 10 minutes. I'm a good meditator. I'm great with emotions. I can be with it for 20 seconds, 30 seconds is even too much. Being with it means to be able to bring our attention to it, put our awareness on it for a few seconds, but then put the mind in a good place, you know, uh, which would be the breath, generally speaking. Uh, so then, so we, we recenter ourselves with the breath. And then the way I like to think about the compassion part is look into the heart. If we've, if we've, uh, observe the emotion in a skillful way, there's some space there. We can, <clears throat> excuse me, maintain the space by going back to the breath. If we look in the heart, we may very well notice compassion for, for the way that we've been holding on to this particular emotion. So awareness, breath, compassion. We don't have to make compassion. Compassion is in the heart. Compassion is the heart's response to our suffering, our clinging, uh, the way the heart is, is blocked. So uh, if we notice the emotion in a skillful way, go to the breath, look into the heart, uh, we may be able to uh, ascertain uh, the compassion in the heart. <clears throat> Excuse me.
So I want to talk a little bit about awareness today. Uh, one point that I really want to emphasize <clears throat> uh, is what we don't want to be doing when we are developing awareness, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we want to be doing. Uh, this has come up a lot lately, uh, uh, and uh, uh, was even uh, suggested to me that uh, you know that I've been hammering away on this. So I figured, what the heck, I'll hammer away a little bit more. Uh, is that within the confines of the Buddha's teaching? Uh, when we are learning to have a relationship with an emotion, uh, when we are bringing awareness to the emotion as part of that relationship, we're not analyzing the emotion. Okay? So, so this is a very key element of our practice. We're not analyzing the emotion. So we're not doing any kind of psychological analysis. That's the domain of psychology. And you know, there's certainly good reason for doing that in psychology. As somebody who has uh, done plenty of therapy in my time of all, of all kinds, uh, there's a value in that. But it's not our domain, OK? Our domain. Well, we're trying to, to the, the, the understanding that we're, kind, we're trying to develop is not an understanding that comes from analysis. Okay? Uh, so, so this is really important. Uh, you know, and, and I was kind of being a little facetious uh, about this uh, uh, in terms of kind of hammering on this, but, but it's been very interesting lately, you know, and, and, uh, you know in, in kind of working and talking about working with emotions, talking about emotions, and even in my own practice to see how, you know, this is something I've been talking about for years, right? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, in the, in the earliest days of teaching, talking about how we don't analyze emotions in being mindful of emotions and bringing awareness to emotions, but we do, right? I mean, that's, you know, we don't, we don't always follow the Buddha's instructions. Uh, myself included, and I can see how you know there's my tendency is to want to analyze the emotion, to figure it out, to use the mind to try to figure out the emotion. So even though you know we we are hopefully clear in our instructions as Dharma teachers not to analyze the emotions, we tend to do that, right? That's can tends to be our default. Uh, in a lot of ways, that's, it's easier to analyze than to do what the Buddha asks us to do, which I'll go through in a few moments. Uh, so we're not analyzing. And I see this in myself. I want to analyze the emotion. Uh, so uh, so uh, this is something to, 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 to really try to remember. And we're trying to, to move beyond uh, within, again, the confines of the Buddhist teachings, analyzing the emotion. So we're not engaging in trying to figure out the emotion using the thinking mind. We're not trying to figure out the reasons for the emotion or the history of the emotion, or we're not judging the emotion as good or bad, or I shouldn't be doing this, or I shouldn't be engaging in it. Uh, we're just bringing awareness to it. We're just bringing awareness to it. Uh, so we're bringing awareness to the emotion as it is, the experience as it is. Uh, 
Buddha term, I always love the term the Buddha uses, according to reality, this emotion of dissatisfaction or disappointment or worry or sadness has arisen and we bring awareness to it as it is, as it has arisen, as an experience in the body, right? As an experience in the body is the first and, 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 and most important uh, element of the uh, awareness of the experience. Uh, so we bring awareness to the experience of the emotion as a sensation in the body as a sensation in the body. Uh, so uh, this is one of the most important skills that we, uh, that we learn to develop in our practice. And it's, it's, it's a key skill. I mean, it's a key skill uh, for being able to uh, uh, be mindful of emotions, being able to develop a skillful relationship to emotions, this skill of uh, being able to uh, discern an emotion as uh, a sensation in the body. So it really speaks to uh, what I talked about a couple of weeks ago in this group, the importance of developing full body awareness, right? To developing full body awareness. Uh, the Buddha said if you can develop mindfulness of body, you can develop mindfulness of mind. Because what we're asked to do in developing mindfulness of mind, emotion, mind states, is being mindful of mind as it manifests as felt sense, what the Buddha called form in the body. So it begins with the aggregate of form in the body. Uh, so the Buddha said if there's mindfulness of body, there can be mindfulness of mind, there can be insight, there can be release from suffering. So this awareness is a simple awareness uh, that, you know, again, a few seconds of awareness. I think I used to have a five-second or a ten-second rule. Uh, uh, after a few seconds, the window of clear seeing closes, uh, the window in which we're not thinking about the emotion begins to close. You know, usually after a few seconds, the mind starts to want to get involved with the emotion, right? To think about it, to judge it, uh, or to want to try to push it away in some way, or we get reactive. Uh, you know, so there, there tends to be this little bit of, uh, of time, of room, when we can just be aware of the emotion and there's just pure awareness, right? Pure awareness. Uh, the degree to which there's pure, unimpinged upon, unafflicted awareness is the degree, that's what's known as vipassana, clear seeing, is the degree to which there can be understanding. And understanding happens in a finger snap. You know, the Buddha's understanding happens in a finger snap. We're just trying to create enough space so there can be that finger snap of understanding. The finger snap is, fat, is, is a lot shorter than, uh, than five seconds. So, uh, but, but, but the ability to have that understanding depends on uh, uh, the space being unafflicted by our thinking about the experience. There's just awareness or pure awareness. So when we have that awareness of the felt experience of experience as it is, 
and there's some space, and again, it requires that quality of space, uh, uh, which in large part means, uh, you know, there's a, a subject-object relationship in terms of there being awareness and the object of awareness that's unafflicted. Uh, the degree to which we have that space is the degree to which we're able to develop wisdom. And when there is some space, when we're able to be with the emotion uh, in uh, a non-emotional way, a non-reactive way, uh, not thinking about it, not judging it, uh, there can be an opportunity for a deeper wisdom, a deeper understanding that, you know, the mind's understanding of it uh, is limited. So there's an opportunity for an understanding that is not an intellectual understanding. And the way that you might want to think about that is that, you know, there's a wisdom in the body, right? You know, we find this deeper wisdom in the body and then ultimately in the heart. So our wisdom uh, depends on knowing in the body, not in the mind so much, but in the body and then in the heart. But really what we want to try to do is know our experience in the body, in the body. So, you know, there's, there's different levels of knowing here different levels of knowing here that are uh, a function of sensitivity. You know, Tendisaro Bhikkhu, you know, says insight is sensitivity. You know, the more space that we have, the more we're able to have uh, a felt experience of the emotion, uh, the greater the sensitivity is to the emotion as a felt experience. Uh, uh, the more we're able to understand it on the bodily level and in the heart. So on that, on the very first basic level of, of knowing the emotion uh, in the body is we begin to start well, knowing well, what is an emotion, right? Well, what is this sadness or dissatisfaction or worry, etc.? Well, on its most basic level, it's the sensation in the body, right? You know, it's this sensation in the body. It's a tingling, it's a tightness, it's a pulling, it's a warmth, it's a hotness, it's a coolness, etc. Right? We try to usually try to feel the emotion somewhere along the front part of the body here, where it arises along the vagus nerve. We try to feel the emotion there. Uh, sometimes it's helpful just to take a little piece of the emotion, a little part of the emotion, just so we can understand it, what it is, just as, as, as sensation. Uh, as there starts to be a little bit more space, when there's space and we're able to just, okay, I'm aware of this experience of worry or anger or aversion, uh, and, uh, you know, we're observing it, and there's this little bit of space uh, that's a function of having a, a, a dualistic relationship to it where there's uh, the, the awareness and the object of the awareness there's a little bit of unhooking from the emotion, right? You know, so typically we're clinging to the emotion, but when we observe it, so we go from, you know, I'm dissatisfied with this to there's dissatisfaction, there's this little bit of space, and uh, in that little bit of space, which might only be a finger snap, uh, there's non-clinging. You know, we're not clinging to the emotion, and we begin to start to develop an understanding of what it's like when we're not clinging. 
you know, we always talk in, in the Dharma, well, suffering comes from clinging, don't cling, you know? Well, you're really not going to not cling until you really understand what not clinging is and you see how, what the benefits are of that and how extraordinary it is when you're not clinging and you're not going to not cling or make an effort not to cling, which is, you know, something that's hard to understand. Uh, you can't understand it intellectually. Uh, you, you, you're not going to make an effort to do that uh, until you've actually seen that you can do it, you know, which is a little bit of a catch-22, but if you start bringing awareness to things, you begin to see, oh, I cannot cling to this. This experience of, of worry or uh, anger or, or fear is something that doesn't have to be held on to. Uh, but, you know, that's it's one thing for me to tell you that. It's another thing for you to actually experience that because you see this experience of fear or worry or, or dissatisfaction or disappointment and you see that, oh, it can just be there and I don't have to hold on to it. So you begin to understand your potential for not clinging. So as we develop this sensitivity, uh, we develop... Uh, this quality of, of knowing the felt experience uh, that we sometimes refer to as a felt sense, right? We have a felt sense of the emotion. Uh, this idea of the felt sense is a very important uh, 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 understanding for us to have and to learn to be able to develop this quality of the felt sense. When there's a felt sense, so we're actually feeling our way into this experience of, of the emotion. Uh, when there's a felt sense of the emotion, uh, when, when we really have a sensitivity to it, we really are able to, uh, to, to discern it as a felt experience. We're able to discern the conditioned nature of the emotion, right? So, you know, uh, in psychology, which is good, I mean, this to me is where, where psychology interfaces with, with, uh, with what we're doing in developing a felt sense of emotion. In psychology, we may learn, well, you know, you have a lot of disappointment. Uh, you know, you experience disappointment a lot because, you know, when you were a kid, you were disappointed, you know, and dad didn't show up for the game and didn't take you to the, the circus and all these different things happened, you know, and, and that's really useful because I totally had blocked all that out. Uh, 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 and yet you begin to start to understand that on an intellectual or a psychological level, uh, when you learn to develop sensitivity to the felt sense of the emotion of, let's say, dissatisfaction, you can actually, you actually have a felt sense that the emotion is something that's conditioned. You know, you experience, you, you, you know that, you know that, you actually, that's discernment on the that level is you actually know, oh yeah, you can, you, you, you feel that, right? You feel that experience, right? You feel that experience. You understand by actually knowing it that it's a conditioned experience, 
It's like, oh, this disappointment isn't the first thing that I felt before. I felt this before. I feel it a little bit differently today than I did yesterday or the day before because it's a compounded experience. It's a conditioned experience. But it's something that you know, not intellectually, because you've traced your history, but you feel it. You feel its conditioned nature. You, you understand on a felt level that the experience is, the emotion is conditioned. So you understand, you discern the compounded nature of the emotion on a felt level. You begin to start to understand the depth of your dissatisfaction or worry and fear because you are able to start to discern it uh, and understand it by having a felt sense of it. You are uh, ascertaining uh, uh, how this is in a conditioned experience that, you know, I've been feeling this all my life, you know, and it's been getting stronger, and I actually feel that. I feel that. And this is what the Buddha, as I often uh, talk about, you know, is referring to when he said the tears we've shed in our many lifetimes is enough to fill the four oceans. And once you start to understand that you fill the oceans with these tears, then you become motivated to stop doing the things that you're doing that are causing these tears, in other words, holding on to these emotions. So we begin to understand the depth of our suffering and the degree to which the heart is blocked off. When we develop this felt sense of the emotion, uh, we are able to discern, not intellectually, but by feeling it, that the emotion is uh, impermanent and constant, changeable, and that it's not self, that it's not who we are. That's one of the most difficult concepts to understand intellectually, and you can't really understand it intellectually, but it's something that you can know. You know that by experiencing, this isn't mine, just like I know this bell isn't me, you know? I know it's not me because, you know, it's, like, it's really clear that bell is not me, you know? I mean, if I was crazy, some people have suggested, I might think that bell is me. I've been carrying it around with me for so long, right? Uh, you know, it's sort of like, but when you, when, you, when you actually are able to have a felt sense of the experience and you see, wow, it's conditioned, it's compounded, it's not me. I see that. I see that. I discern that. I understand that because I, you know, it's a felt experience that is enabling me to understand this. So, so we're trying to develop this, this quality, we're striving to develop this quality of being able to have a felt sense of our experience. Uh, the term felt sense was, uh, was uh, 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 coined by uh, Gendlin, Eugene Gendlin. Uh, uh, really, you know, if you're really interested in this concept of felt sense, I put some things and I put a link to Gendlin's book, Focusing, which many of you may be aware of and have done focusing, or it's uh, one of the primary techniques that's used in, in different psychotherapy practices like somatic experiencing, Peter Levine, uh, 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 you know, and, and, and you know, what Gendlin asks us to do, and, and, and really, I mean, he's a you know, philosopher, psychologist, uh, understood and understands uh, the nature of experience uh, and that uh, you know when we have a felt sense of an experience uh, it's not just the raw experience that we're feeling in any moment 
you know, that our, our felt sense of an experience uh, is deeper than that, you know? So it's like, you know, but it, but, it, but it transcends being able to understand it or describe it. So it's like, as an example, uh, you know, your felt sense of this group right now, uh, uh, you have some kind of felt sense. It's, it, it, you know, it's something that's harder, certainly online, but, you know, you have a felt sense of being in this group on Sunday morning uh, that is that is the result of being here right now and these different people who are here, but it's also uh, the felt sense that you have of this group on this Sunday morning is also uh, the result, if you will, of any other times that you've been here, right? So, uh, and where you're sitting in your house or your apartment, you know, and, and in front of the screen, you have a felt sense of that, that it's not like it's not like the first time you've ever sat here, you know? It's what, where you are right now and what you're doing and being in this group is, uh, when you, when you, your experience of that is conditioned by all the other times that you've done that, right? All the other times you've done that and all the beings that you've seen before, you know? Uh, so, you know, it's like if you meet a friend, you know, your felt experience of being with the friend, that friend is a compounded experience of all the other times that you've been with a friend. It's not like, I just met this person for the first time. I've known them for 40 years. And you have a felt sense of that. It's inarticulate. You can't describe that felt sense. You know, oh, this felt sense is, you know, based on when we met that day in kindergarten, you know, and... You know, in the time we, we rode our bicycles through the neighborhood, you know, it's all right there in the moment. Your felt sense of this moment is, is, is the result of all of those sat Sunday mornings for the last two years, and it's got to do with the pandemic. You know, you're hearing, it's like, oh, yeah, we started this class in the pandemic, and that's all right here in this moment. You know, that's all right here in this moment. You know, all these different beings. Some of them I've known. Some of the beings here I've known, Tom and Andrea, and people I've known for more than twenty years. You know. You know, it's like I see Tom there. It's like, yeah. I mean, I have a felt sense of knowing him for a long time. You know. And and, and that whole experience of knowing him. You know, the retreats that we did together and the classes on 14th Street, it's all right there in the moment. It's all right there in the moment. So we're striving to know things on a felt level. You know, even if it's like the Dharma talk, right? You know, uh, you know, can we know the Dharma talk not so much on an intellectual level but on a felt level to experience the Dharma talk in the body? So, your felt understanding of the experience, the understanding that comes from feeling your way into the experience, transcends intellectual understanding. I mean, I often use the, the metaphor of music, you know? You know, music is a, is a really good metaphor because, like, you know, you have a felt experience of music, right, uh, that you can't describe. It transcends an intellectual uh, understanding. Try to describe you know, your favorite music. 
try to describe, you know, the Beatles. You can't describe that. You can try, but if you're going to fall way short of being able to describe that experience of music. You know, the felt sense transcends our ability to understand things on an intellectual level, transcends our ability to understand things by thinking about them and analyzing them. So in our practice, we want to learn to have a felt sense of the experience. We want to have, learn to have a felt sense of uh, the emotion. This leads us to a deeper understanding, a deeper understanding. You know, it's just like our experience of just being here, right here in this moment. You could try to describe it. Oh, Jed is there, and Katrina is there, and Leslie, and you know, all the different people who are here, and there's these little boxes, and there's my computer screen. Just have a felt sense of this experience. so different, right? It's so different and it transcends your ability to understand uh, into things on an intellectual level. So in being aware of the emotion, we're coming out of the head. We're not thinking about the emotion. When, you know, all this is happening in a finger snap with the emotion, right? Or it's happening in five seconds and maybe there's that finger snap of a real understanding. Uh, we're not thinking about the experience of dissatisfaction or worry and fear. We're not analyzing it. We're not relating it in terms, of, uh, in terms of putting a value judgment on it. We're not relating to it emotionally. Uh, so can we lessen our tendency to want to think about uh, the experience of the emotion? Again, that tends to be our habit. Can we start to understand the limitations? I kind of went through this whole exposition of felt sense just to start to help us understand the limitations of just analyzing an emotion. Because we really have to go deeper if we really want to free ourselves from uh, the unskillful relationship to these emotions that we have. So, uh, you know, there's things that we do in the practice that put us in position to be able to have a felt sense. You know, as Dharma students, I always feel like we're really lucky because we're developing skills that enable us to have a felt sense of our experience. Uh, you know, we're developing mindfulness of the body. You know, one thing we're trying to develop is renunciation, cutting out a lot of external things that fill the sense doors and make it really hard to be sensitive to our experience. So that's sort of externally. Internally, we're learning to develop mindfulness of the body, to be aware, have an awareness of the body, uh, to be able to have ease and pleasure in the body, so one of the reasons why it's really why, why people don't want to learn to look at things on a felt level is they don't want to go into the body, you know, uh, and they don't want to uh, have to bring a felt experience, uh, bring awareness to a felt experience that's painful. It's a lot easier to think about dissatisfaction than it is actually to feel it, right? I mean, let's face it, you know, so. You know, it's actually what we're asking you, you to do is, is more difficult on, on, on various levels. The easiest thing to do is think about something, you know? Uh, you know, but to actually feel it, you know, it's like, who wants to do that? So we develop this very easeful and pleasurable abiding in the body that, you know, brings us into the body, but also puts us in a position, oh, the body feels really good, there's pleasure in the body. All right, I don't mind feeling this worry or fear or dissatisfaction 
that I've been feeling my whole life and I've been feeling this you know, disappointment ever since dad didn't show up at the game. It's like, who wants to feel that? But you know, the body feels really good. There's pleasure. I don't mind feeling it for a few seconds. I can do it and then go back to the breath and have compassion for myself. Uh, we're developing equanimity, the ability to have space. I mean, one of the most important thing, one of the most important ways that you can really learn to develop felt sense, and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll end in a few minutes because I know this talk is going on, but is, is in step two of the breath meditation. You know, you're really developing sensitivity in step two. Ease and dis-ease in the breath. I mean, that's felt sense. Am I really feeling my way into what the breath feels like? You know, that's why the Buddha said, if you can, really what the Buddha said is, if you can develop the breath, you can develop the body, you can develop the mind, you can find release from suffering. You know, it's in that step two where you really develop that sensitivity to the breath that you real, that's felt sense. That's the first movement in the teaching of, of insight. That's the Buddha's first movement of insight in, 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 his, in his schema of discernment. It's seeing, can I understand dis-ease and ease in the breath? It's all about felt sense. It's all about the body. Ultimately, it requires trust. You know, we rely on the intellect, right? We rely on the thinking. You know, the thinking keeps us at a distance, so it serves that, you know, that little bit of a benefit for us, and perhaps it's why we like that approach. Uh, so can we begin to trust more in awareness? So I put the Dharma talk I gave on the retreat, I put it in the notes, it's called Awareness, Breath, Compassion, where I talked about developing trust and awareness. Can we develop trust in our ability to understand by having a felt sense of our experience? Can we begin to shift away from trying to relate to emotions on an intellectual and thinking level to, uh, to understanding them as a felt experience? You know, and trust comes from, of course, trying things, you know? And it's like the Tai Ajahn said, you've tried the other way for a long time, why don't you try this way? Why don't you try this way? Has the intellectual approach, how far has it gotten you? We want to try to, can we go further by having uh, a different kind of way of learning to understand our experience? So uh, we start to practice developing a felt sense of the emotions. We come to see that this is something we can do. We come to see that we actually have a deeper wisdom. You know, we have a wisdom that transcends and we don't understand this. And the only way you really understand it is by, by trying to put it to good use. We have a deeper wisdom. We, all of us have a wisdom that transcends intellectual wisdom. You know, this is what we're trying to develop as students, students of the Dharma. You know, the Buddha's wisdom is the wisdom that we know in the body and in the heart. It's a deeper wisdom.